And we're back, Stripe Show Podcast. On a Monday, I'm your host, Travis Fulton. Thank you for making us part of your day. Hope you had a terrific weekend. I am back from spring break with my family right here close. Amelia Island had a great time with the family, saw some friends. Uh, The weather was fantastic. Hopefully, you're able to get out here on a little spring break, catch some rays. The weather's been Very nice down here in Florida. Last week, I know, Players Championship, we had all four seasons in like five days. Uh, But that was the exception. The weather turned perfect again. It's supposed to be fantastic again this week. So come on down. Come on down here to Florida. Get some sun. Play a little golf. Because golf is here, folks. It is the first official full day of the spring season. All of my training programs are out there. People are taking advantage of that. Go to travisfultongolf.com. Get the bundle. That's the best deal. You've got total driving, nice, long, straight drives this year. And then you've got two programs there in the middle, Operation Baby Draw and Operation Drip Fade. Which one do you want to play with this year? You get both of those. And then Strokes Hand Short Game. You got to save strokes around the green, just like Sam Burns, who's having his best year around the greens. You get all four programs. A fifth is being added in the next two weeks, 150 yards on in, $69.99. You can't beat it, folks. You can't beat it. Membership options are also available. Go check it out, travisfoltongolf.com. Make sure, Stripe Show Podcast, you'll see brand new home there on the website as well. Leave us a ranking, leave us a comment, and Subscribe so you get all of the updates as we go four days a week, Monday through Thursday, Stripe Show Podcast. Thank you for being here. I'm pleased to announce that this week we have a new sponsor this week. And this is from a company that I've been using their products now for the last couple months. And I like them. I absolutely love them. So check this out. You ready? Support. For the Stripe Show podcast, this week is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped Performance Package, the ultimate men's hygiene bundle. Join over 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped with the exclusive offer for you. Now, check it out on this bundle. This is key. This is what I have, and I love it. For you men, pay attention. 20% off and free worldwide shipping with the code Stripe Show, capital letters, all one word, Stripe Show at manscaped.com. If my math is correct, that's about 8 million balls. And on that note, we transition over to the Valspar Championship. My man. Sammy Burns back in the winner's circle. You know, if Sam wins, I've got money on him, folks. That's my boy. Three wins now in under a year. I've been touting him here on the podcast for the better part of two years. Telling y'all, here he comes. He's long off the tee. He's a great iron player, and he's a great putter. And particularly on Bermuda, we saw it again. And oh, by the way, his short game, it's coming. It's coming. He is becoming the complete player. You are watching a superstar in the making in Sam Burns. All this talk about the athletes, right? DJ, Brooks. Sam Burns is an athlete. Look at this dude walking around out there. He's ripped. He's strong, effortless. Love his intensity. 
love his focus, love where his game's going. And in particular, I love his longtime coach, Brad Pullen, who will be joining us here momentarily on the podcast because it has been a very taxing week for Brad Pullen because he had his work cut out for him with Sam Burns, who was struggling on Monday during the final round of the Players' Championship in a way that I really hadn't seen before uh, with Brad, who likes to hit that fade off of the tee, who is hitting a lot of wipes. You were seeing him missing it to the right, and he just couldn't get it back on track. He was he was lost, I think, uh, when you when you look at him on Monday. And he was in the last final group, or the, the last couple of groups there, both days. Great experience for him at the Players' Championship, but he faded away with the 76 on Monday. So they had to get it turned around quickly. I can't wait to talk to Brad about what transpired in those changes to get that power fade um, back on track. And particularly to that, I also want to talk to him about his putting. I mean, Sam Burns is one of the best putters in the game today. I think he's 10th right now in strokes gained putting. And he's also now 10th in the official world golf ranking. Sam Burns wants to get on that President's Cup team, folks. He was right there on the fringe. They picked Scotty Scheffler for the Ryder Cup. I said, look, I'd take Sam. They took Scheffler, who played well, beat John Rahm. We've seen what Scheffler has done now, two wins in the last four uh, tournaments. Here's Burns, three wins in less than a year. I mean, these are the two Americans that are on the fringe and barely can get onto the Ryder Cup team. That's how deep we are in the United States. I can't wait to talk to Sam, Coach Brad, about his putting, what makes it so good about Bermuda Greens, and then also specifically about the improvement in the short game that we're seeing. Sam is hitting, I think, classier shots around the green, the right kind of shot uh, for what the shot is calling for. Brad and I talked about this earlier, uh, Sam's technique versus the decisions that he was making. And now I think he's he's going ahead and making the decision of, let's play the, the appropriate shot for what it's asking for. So a lot to get to about Sam Burns' his game. So without further ado, let's bring in, I think, one of the most underrated coaches in today's game, Brad Pullen. And joining me now, Coach Sam Burns, Brad Pullen, back uh, in Louisiana. A little quick trip there to to Tampa, but he's he's back in Louisiana. How you doing, bud? Doing great, Travis. We, we, we are uh, doing really well. Thanks for having me on. You know, the first time you came on, right, in the Stripe Show, it was... I think it was like a month before Brad, I think it was about this time last year. And it was right before uh, Sam went out and won the Valspar in 2021, um, which was played in May, right? This year it's played in March. And we were talking like, all right, I just feel like it's coming. You know, he's long off the tee, great iron player, great putter. Like it's coming. This dude's going to win, and he's going to win a lot. And here we are now, back on the pod, and he's won three times, three times in less than a year. You've got to be, you've got to be ecstatic. Yeah, we're excited, man. He's uh, he's uh, obviously progressing really well, and um, he's uh, he's playing some awesome golf. And um, you know, some of this kind of started back right through Zurich and Valspar last year. And, um, and you know, he's, uh, he's continuing to, to do it now. So. 
what's been the number one or let's say couple things that you're the most happy with or the most impressed with with Sam, say from his first win, you know, back last year at the Valspar to this win and sandwiched in between there is the win in October at Sanderson farm. What, what's been the thing that stood out to you that makes you the happiest as his coach? Uh, I think just his maturity and, and how he's playing, um, you know, kind of understanding what it takes to win. Um, it doesn't always have to be perfect golf. Um, especially on sun, you know, Saturdays and Sundays over the weekends when the golf courses, you know, they change a lot from, from earlier in the week and uh, just continuing to uh, stay with his process of, of playing, playing golf. And he, um, his decision-making um, when he and Travis are out there um, has been awesome. Um, that's something that, you know, we've, talked a lot about um kind of as his team and and the way that he's playing the strategy that he's taking um he's obviously really confident in what he's doing um you know tee to green and then also on the greens especially when he gets on uh bermuda grass and um you know but really just the maturity and and how he goes about his business and and playing his game and and staying patient um out there uh with travis has been huge uh for him also so what makes him so good on bermuda greens because it's it's noticeably different i mean he's a he's i mean he's a great putter mm-hmm. everywhere but when you get him on bermuda i mean it's like the hole gets bigger we're talking like you know he's out on the west coast and he missed three straight cuts he missed farmers phoenix genesis mm-hmm. And I remember when they came back, he didn't play Honda and we were talking about API. And I said, look, Burns will get it back. Like it's, he is too good of a player. The putter will work itself out. We're back on Bermuda. He finishes ninth at Arnold Palmer. He was right there at the players, which we'll talk about. He ended up shooting 76 on Monday, which sent him back to 26. But both those weeks, positive six and positive four and a half putting. He goes, you know, obviously another great putting week at Valspar. What, what is it on Bermuda greens is just the fact that he grew up on it in Louisiana or is a stroke just more conducive to Bermuda greens reading? What, what do you think? Well, I think it's probably a combination of all those things. Um, obviously he's comfortable and confident on the Bermuda grass because that's what he grew up on. Uh, where we play here in our home course, Squire Creek is, it's a Fazio design. It's got big undulating greens with a lot of slope in them. They run at really high speeds. Um, and so that all helps with, you know, him, him seeing break, um, you know, being able to go through his aim point reads and, and see a lot of slope, see the ball moving across slope. Um, and he puts with such great speed. So um, being able to match that up with the slopey greens and, and the speed um, helps. Um, we, you know, he he was doing a little bit of something on the west coast um, that we kind of caught and just fixed a little bit of stroke, did some stroke work, um, and then once he did that, um, he just started repping that out in his drills every day and and 
you get him on these greens and he's just super confident. He feels like he can make everything and, and that's a good place to be. So all the putts that he missed coming down the stretch were right there. I mean, he, those could have easily, you know, fell. And then he makes the bomb, of course, in the second playoff hole mm-hmm. to get Davis Riley, who he knows well, right? Those guys have played sure. a lot of golf together. Um, you know, Davis at Alabama mm-hmm. and, um, and of course, Sam at LSU and even, even before that. All right, I want to go back to the players on Monday. He shoots 76. I'm sure a learning experience for him. I think since I've been watching Sam, probably the most I've seen him struggle with his driver swing. You know, he he was leaving a lot of cuts out to the right. Mm-hmm. Um and you know, clearly wasn't hitting that power fade that we're used to him hitting, right? Off of the tee and into the greens. Yep. And then from that moment, when he left Ponte Vedra to when he teed it up Thursday at Valspart, because this happens to every player, where all of a sudden it's just kind of lost. Like, what happened here? Mm-hmm. Take us through that period of time on what happened, because you drove down to Tampa with your your child, who's on spring break, as I understand, and, and you guys put some work in. What did that work look like and to get Sam back on track? Uh, I mean, I think, first of all, we, we kind of knew that it wasn't that far off. Um, and um, he has a really good uh, awareness of, of kind of where we've been and, and how we've gone about our business over the last, I don't know, eight, ten years. But um, so we knew it wasn't far off. Um, but. And so when we got on the range on Wednesday, um, you know, he was already to the point of like, Hey man, we got it. Like, um, and from there you're just, you know, kind of patiently waiting for it to kind of click in, um, in his feel of what we're trying to do and went back to a a lot of old swings. Um, that's kind of what we always do is kind of go back to that blueprint of, Hey, when I'm hitting it really well, this is what I'm making sure that I'm doing. Um, and so that's what we did. We went back to a lot of old videos and, um, there was some differences in his backswing. And so we went to work on that and, um, it started getting there and we were like, Hey, it's getting there. It's getting there. And, um, so we saw some really quality stuff, uh, on Wednesday. Um, then we did about an hour work on Thursday, um, trying to balance, just his, um, you know, the schedule that where they were coming off of Bay Hill and then into players and long weeks and in contention. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, I didn't want to do too much work with him uh, just to kind of preserve energy uh, heading into the week. But um, we did a little bit of work Thursday morning and continued to trend in the right direction. And then um, when he gets out there and starts seeing it on the golf course and you start to build confidence and, and that's what that's what sort of happened. So you, you saw the rehearsal, like you could see the effort to kind of round it out. It appeared a little yeah, bit more sure. in the backswing. His hand path, maybe a little more in left arm, mm-hmm. kind of working a little bit more around. And I, we were talking on the pod last week, and you know Sam likes to cut it, mm-hmm. and like it looked like, and and correct me if I'm wrong, like he was like, and a lot of guys get into this when they're trying to cut it, like they were getting a little too out and up, and then it gets a little steep and wipey, and then you know the driver can struggle and. Even for someone who likes to cut it, like they have to get enough around mm-hmm. 
in the backswing. So when they do go to cover it and hit it, they, they, they square it up. The ball starts online and, you know, left center, and then it fades back. So was it an effort to kind of get more around and a bit yeah. flatter? Yeah, it was. Um, you know, I think it's important uh, for when you get that depth. And when Sam gets in trouble sometimes, like a lot of guys, is it, it, that depth can occur too early. Um, and so it's, you know, working it in his rehearsals to P2 and then feeling it, that it rounds out a little bit and his lead arm can get a little bit lower and it's kind of game over from there. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, it's funny, like that's, that's such a good point in so many ways because the backswing has so much value. Mm-hmm. And, and when you're talking to amateurs sometimes and you hear that comment of, oh, the only thing that matters is impact. Just get to a good, I mean, oh, I don't think it's that easy, you know, because yeah. when I'm talking with coaches like yourself and I'm listening to players, I, I hear more backswing thoughts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think it because it's slower, you can kind of feel it a little bit better. Um, that helps. Um, but yeah, it really sets up what you want to do on the downswing and, um, you know, constantly getting that feedback of what it looks like. Um, you know, I'm not huge in what it looks like. Everybody's a little different, but um mm-hmm. for each individual player when it matches up and you're able to say you know, i think that's huge for all of us is that you know if we have something that we go back to um that kind of yeah. serves as that blueprint and go hey this is this is what's different and yeah let's let's go to work on it so was it is it his left arm like relative to his his trail shoulder as far as like the elevation of that and where it's covering it. Is that something that, that you look for? It's like when it gets too high, you know, you see too much of the right shoulder. Yeah. Of course you think like Kuchar, it's very low and mm-hmm. his left arms under his shoulder. So like the elevation of that arm and the depth, the around, is that something that you're, you're yeah. measuring or is it something different than that? Yeah, it's definitely, you know, what we were hitting on and, mm-hmm. um, and we just know from those past videos that, when he was really sharp and, and hitting it well. And we were, you know, coming out of like Bay Hill, like his final round at Bay Hill. I don't know how many rounds were under par that day, but um, it wasn't many on a really difficult golf course. Um, Mm -hmm. Being able to um, test it out there under that sort of pressure um, was huge. And he had great control that day. Um, And then really started off players, um, you know, really well. Um, his strokes gain off the tee was great in the first few rounds and, um, you know, not making excuses, but it was just the rhythms of everything and everything that was going on there was a little bit different, but, um, yeah. And then coming into a place where he had a lot of confidence, um, down there at Innsbruck was, was big. And, um, so does the wind, cause all that wind, all that wind in, at the players, right? And, mm-hmm. You know, you're kind of bracing against it. You're, it's moving around. It's changing. Is it when you when you start playing in a lot of wind, can a player start to kind of hang a little? At, they don't they don't get that full turn and that full depth around. Would you equate it to any of the wind, or was it kind of beyond that? And it's just something that maybe he kind of falls into once in a while, as far as that backswing is concerned. And I think you said something really interesting there, by the way, before I forget. You said when the depth occurs, it's 
like the first move, the hands, you know, maybe out in front and then around, it's not so much just in right away. Is that correct? No, I I mean, I don't like to see the lead arm work that far in early. Um, That's, you know, kind of my preference, but um, yeah. And I mean, I think anytime guys play in a lot of wind, um, you know, they can, they'll do a lot of different things to get the ball to, to flight lower. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, a lot of our guys, when they come back from tournaments and they've been playing a lot of wind, it's kind of like a reset um, back on the range and trying to right. figure out, you know, hey, I, I got to get back to my stock stuff. So, um, yeah, I think it can have a it can have a big impact on what you're doing. So when when Sam gets that arm, let's just say he gets too up and down, right? And it's too steep, a little left, a little wipey. Mm-hmm. The driver gets penalized the most, can hit some hard pulls. It's kind of a weird spot to be in. But it's harder for him to draw it from there too, because then he he probably senses like he has to back up a little bit to hit draws. I saw him hit some draws this last week. Mm-hmm. And it almost it almost feels like when Sam's hitting the control draw a little bit with that go-to fade, that's when he's in full control, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, and you got you have some different T clubs. Um that are there uh, at Innisbrook that you have to hit, you know, some three woods and some hybrids and that kind of stuff. And those are typically a little bit more straight or draw bias, I guess you could say, um, mm-hmm. than the driver. But yeah, I mean, there's some demanding shots out there and, and you got to be able to trust what you're doing and be able to pull them off. So what's improving with the short game? Cause his statistics, he's having his best year. I feel like I'm seeing, we talked, as we mentioned about a year ago when you said something to me that really hit home, it was, you know, Sam's a great short game player. It's just hitting the shots that are required. He's got the shot. Now it's just Mm -hmm. hit the shot that it's calling for, Mm -hmm. you know, don't maybe default to a shot that you're more comfortable with. Is that accurate? Do you feel like he's now just, just, just play the shot. You, you've got it. Just let it go. Whether it's low, medium or high. Yeah. I think he's, uh, you know, he's put in the work there to be able to do that um, and to just be more versatile in what he can do. Um, mm-hmm. Elevate the ball when you have to be able to hit the stock shot that um, that is quote-unquote easy um, or, you know, more difficult shots. You know, his bunker work is, has really continued to improve. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think it's uh, you know just getting everything to match up. Equipment, you know mm-hmm. what we're what we've done there. Um, but all of it comes together, and and he he's gotten great skill and great touch um, in in what he's trying to do, and just seeing that picture uh, of the shots that he wants to hit. He's number ten in the official World Golf Rankings now, and was that a goal? For him, I mean, as he set out, is he is does he care about that kind of stuff? Like, yeah, gotta get to the top ten first, or is he just like, yeah, just where's the first tee? Yeah, it's like we're just trying to get as good as we can get, yeah, um, and just continue to improve and get better, and um, that's where our focus is, and and I feel like as long as we do that, the rest of it will take care of itself. So. See, the other thing I like about Sam, 
and correct me if I'm wrong, I've never met Sam. You would think, see, a lot of people think I'm his coach because I've been touting him for so long. <laughs> you've been hyping him for a while. Huh? I said, you've been hyping him for a while. Dude, I've been, I've been like for two years. I've been like, look guys here, Sam, just remember this name because he's got the PGA tour game. He's going to win. And here we are. So I got to pat myself just a little bit. That's right. <laughs> um, so, but I've never met Sam, just obviously knowing you, listening to Sam, watching Sam. So to correct me if I'm wrong, Sam is a really nice guy, but he's got a little dog in him too, which I like. Like he's got, he's got that intensity in him where it's like, okay, now it's time for me to hit the throttle and go win this thing. and I'm going to put my foot down, mm -hmm. right? Like he's got that little dog in him that's, I don't know. It's just a little extra. There's something there. And it's not tiger, but it's that way a little bit. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, um, and I don't think every player has that. I, I just don't. And you know, that, that, that dog situationally, um, is tough, you know, because like he was knocked down just a few days ago on Monday, like he struggled. And I'm sure he was disappointed. He was right there. He could have won the Players Championship. He probably felt like he was the best player. And like you know, Cam went out. I mean, he made ten birdies on Monday. That's sure. So, I mean, Cameron Smith won won the Players. But but Burns, he was probably disappointed. Like man, I had a chance to win the Players, and I just lost it. And all of a sudden, he picks himself back up. A couple of days later, let's go. You know, like that's there's that's a real quality to have, and being able to forget, pick yourself back up, and get back on the horse again. You got a little, little dog in him, that intensity that uh, it's like, don't piss this dude off. Yeah, dude's a competitor, man. He is a um, – I've never seen anything like it. Um, he continues to – I mean, it's, it's – I, I think it's an expectation and awareness of what this game is um, that he has um, grown in. Um He's always been super competitive. Um, he doesn't like to lose. And um, his mental toughness and his fortitude over the past, I mean, ever, I mean, as long as I've known him, um, that's just – that's the way he is. Um, I love that competitiveness um, that he brings to the table. He will battle. Um, he's not going to give up. Um, that's just not – in his DNA as a person. Um, so I think there's some players that when the going gets tough and they get knocked down, like they're just, eh, I'll just wait another week. Yeah. He wants more of it. Yeah. Right. Like he's driving into chaos. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, Hey, don't Sam, stop. And he's like, come on guys, let's go. We got it. We're going to go to, we're going to go to Tampa next, even though That's I just right. hit it as bad as I've hit it all year. Let's go. Come on. Yeah. I'll figure it out. There's something to say about that. Um, Cameron Smith's got kind of that dig it out of the dirt, old school mentality. I think Burns has it. Um, I think it's cool. I, I want to ask you one more thing here before I let you go. I know you've been busy. I always appreciate your time about this program that I have. It's called Operation Drip Fade. But before we get to it, a little, little read here from my partners here at Manscaped. Get 20% off and free shipping. With the code Stripe Show, all capitals, Stripe Show at manscaped.com. It's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Use the code Stripe Show, all one word. Unlock your confidence and always use the right tools for the job. 
with Manscaped. Now, I've got this program, Operation Drip Fade. Okay, I, I had one last year or two years ago. It's called Operation Baby Draw. And people yeah. loved it because it was like this step-by-step on the hit a draw. And as you know, Brad, like most amateurs need to learn how to hit a draw at some point. Mm-hmm. And they see the ball start right and they see a draw and it's like, you know, off we go. And it takes them on this development that they can take through the bag, more distance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And then it gets to the point, all right, I've got too much push. I got too much hook. Now I need to dial it back. Mm-hmm. And I can appreciate hitting a power fade, right? Like Sam does, um, like Dustin Johnson does, like Cam does for the most part. And I was talking to his coach, Grant Field, about this. So let's talk about this power fade, not a white fade. Because mm-hmm. sometimes like amateurs, they try to hit that fade and they, they try to hang on and they kind of just hold the face off and it starts too far right. And you know they get too much of that glancing blow. Mm-hmm. I watch Sam, it's like the face is turning down. It's, you know, it's, there's a little deal off to it still but the path is just left of it. So some of the things that go into this power fade with Sam, let's just say as an example, but just in general, I see, we already talked about, you know, he's got, you got to have enough around, Mm -hmm. you know? And I think like, that's, that's a big one. You got to still have enough depth in your arm just to hit a fade. Doesn't mean you just pick it straight up and down. Like you take it outside and then across your body. Like you still have to have around. When I look at Sam, he's got that flex lead wrist. I, I think most guys that faded, they, they, right. They've already, they kind of got that left wrist fairly flat, fairly mm-hmm. flexed face is not open. Right. Nope. Faces. Would you say was Sam pretty square? Yeah, it's really square. Um, so the fade is not the power fade is not so much from opening the face, right. It's just getting the path to be left of the face what are what are some of the other things that you would kind of add to that from a power fade perspective um ball position covering it better you know things that you you see these good players really do well yeah i think i mean it starts at setup i think um you know the ball position is obviously more forward with the driver um and so that makes your lines a little bit more left to start with um so i think that that's key to to get it started in the right direction like you said being able to it's not just a lift it's not just hey we don't need any depth we don't need any rotation so rotating back um into a good spot and then sam has always uh gotten the face under control early um and i think where a lot of guys mistake when you're hitting fades is that it's like steep early and it's Mm. just, I don't think that that's the way to do it. Um, because when it's really steep early, you have to do something to try to get it to shallow and at where it gets too wipey and too far to the left. So, um, we'll do a lot of different things coming down late in the downswing, um, or early in the downswing to respond to either lack of depth or, or, you know, not having, um, it shallow early. Um, so, um, you know, being able to control tilts, um, and delivering the club with, um, a face that is under control and can move left on it and go. Yeah. Cause like, you know, and that's well said. Cause like a player, even, even amateurs, 
if they're trying to hit that power fade and they don't have enough depth and then they, they start sensing it's too up and down mm -hmm. and it's too steep. And then they turn, then they sense, okay, now I'm going to really rip it left and rotate. And it's like, man, I'm, you know, I'm a little wipey. It's not solid. I, I feel like I got to do something else mm -hmm. to, you know, to manufacture it, especially when you hit a draw, you, you, then you have to start backing up and really working it over. And it seems like with Sam, and I've heard Dustin Johnson talk about this with Alan Terrell, and just like in general, when they get when they get the arm in a good spot, and for those guys, the face is so prepared, like Sam's left wrist. I wish I could just mold my left wrist like Sam. <laughs> I wish I could just break my hand and somehow just make it into a cast like Sam. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's so good and the face and the shaft and like, but like the depth is there. So now he feels like, okay, now I can just use my pivot. Yes, get enough pressure and just rotate and his arms get out in front and everything's right there. And he just feels like he can just keep turning. And it's just yep. phew, phew. backswing has value. Um, and, you know, taking the time to just get things prepared. And then from there, just, you know, incrementally doing the things you got to do coming down. You know, I think that's kind of the same I don't know, message for every player. Now, Sam's highly tuned and it's once he gets it in place, off you go, right? Like you, you probably just like when it looks right and you're like, he's there, just wait for the light to come on. It's like, okay, Sam, see you later. I'll see you in a few weeks. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> he makes it easy. <laughs> All right, man. I appreciate you. You bet. Hey, give Sam a hug for me. Tell him that his number one fan is proud of him. I will do that. Travis. All right. I appreciate it. Um, all the best. I'm going to go, I, he, you know what, with this short game now, I think he's going to win. He might win Augusta for crying out loud. Let's keep going. I mean, why not, right? I mean, he hits it. He's got to work it. He's got he's to hit the draw a little more there, doesn't he? Yeah, there's a few tee shots that require yeah. that. So. You, and you're going, I would imagine. Yeah, we're going to be there for the week. Right. We're excited. We're fired up. Best of luck, man. Big fan. Right. I appreciate you jumping on the pod. All right, buddy. Y'all take okay, care. Bro.